And there we go. We are back again for another fantastic conversation on Friday Night Counter-Attack. So this week on your favourite football and mental health podcast, we are going to be talking all about the top 10 individual performances in the Champions League. And at the time of the recording, um, yeah, it's going to be the Champions League. No, there's no Champions League at the moment, but this is going to be a podcast where we bring it out for the Champions oh, League yeah. because it's a topic of conversation over the last two years of doing a podcast. I really wanted to have a conversation with a few friends about. So I thought, you know what? Let's bring back Carwin from the World Cup and let's bring back Dan from the World Cup, who um, we got a, a lot of praise for having you guys both on. So thank you very much, both of you, for joining us back. I do appreciate it. It may have been our friends that have been giving you stick uh, for being on the podcast, so it might have been good fun to, to let them know. But Dan, Carwin, how are you both doing? You both okay? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm just you know, very... Christmas, New Year's? Yeah, it was lovely. Thank you. Um, I'm still enjoying that feeling of just being like a cat, of just relaxing and eating and being in heating and not really having to do much. And then literally just got the evenings to do coaching and whatever, which is perfectly fine. How about you, Carwin? How's life back at home? Yeah, it's been good. Thanks. Nice break from being in Manchester, obviously. And mm. Yeah, just nice seeing all the family, friends again. So yeah, it's been nice. Fantastic. That's lovely to hear. Dan, how about you? How was your time back at Mansfield? Ah, it's been nice, thank you, mate. I'm looking forward to getting back to it, though, and uh, cheers for having me back on. You're always welcome. I love having conversations with you. And we rocked the boat last time we had a conversation as well about the team of the tournament for the World Cup. So <laughs> this is a conversation where we're going to be rocking it a bit uh, more as well with the top 10 best individual performances in Champions League history. And I'm going to set a few ground rules for everyone here as well. So um, for everyone listening... We could easily just go Lino Messi, Lino Messi, Ronaldo, Lino Messi, R9, Zidane, whatever. We could easily do that. But we're not going to. We're going to go through player by player by player to actually debate who has actually had the best performance in which kind of game as well. Because there are so many we can go through from Ronaldo, so many from Messi, uh, Thierry Henry, Zidane, Zidane, Wayne Rooney, whoever we're going to talk about today. Uh, we have to decipher where their best individual performances, and we're going to go through ten different players um, going forward. Carwin, let's start with you. I'm going to, I'm going to let you choose a player that you watched um, in the Champions League, and I want to hear your best performance from a certain player. So you're going to surprise us, and we're going to have to try and debate of which t uh, which performance was their best ever performance. Um, good luck, my friend. Let's see who you got. So I think it's only fitting we start with. I knew this was going to happen. How can you know who he's going to say just by that? Yeah, I, honestly, I can tell you who he's going to say. Go on, Carwin. Mr. Gareth Bale. There we go. The legend that fortunately retired, unfortunately, sorry, retired yesterday. So it's a very sad day for me today as I'm just mourning the loss of a legend. He's not dead. He's, he's not dead. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> mourning died, the loss. Uh, in a football sense, we will never see him again, which is sad. So, well, I appreciate the fact that you got to watch him live. That's all I got to say. You got to watch him yeah. live for Wales in the stadium. You got to watch him uh, for Real Madrid, for Spurs, maybe mm. for LAFC if you did. And remember, he took, he took your team to a World Cup for the first time exactly. since 1958. So, it's done exactly. quite a lot for Wales. Nah, so, who, who have we got first? Um, what performance from Gareth Bale is mm. your number one? I was. It was a flip of a coin between two for me. Mm. It was either the Champions League final against Liverpool in, when was that, 2018? Yeah. The best Champions League final goal ever, in my opinion. Mm. But I've gone for the 2010 performance against 
Inter Milan, away at Inter Milan. Oh my God. Just describe to us what happened with that for people who don't know. So it's the performance that put Bale on the map, wasn't it? It was the performance that people realised that this player is something special, isn't he? So, yeah, he scored a hat-trick, I think. Yeah, hat-trick. Two in the 90-plus minutes. So, I think he scored two identical goals as well. So, and it was against Mike Conn as well, down. That um, that game, I was obviously, uh, he's retired recently and listening to Harry Redknapp talk about that game. And he uh, he says, um, that game essentially retired. Those two legs essentially retired Mike on. Mm. They finished, yeah. they sort of finished his career. But I can remember watching that game on the telly and Gareth Bear was absolutely outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. Hmm. Let, me, let me set the scene for our listeners as well. So basically, it was a time when Spurs had just got into the Champions League. They were playing against the European champions at the time uh, in Milan. At the time of speaking, I think someone got sent off for them. I forgot who it was. It may have been William Gallas. It may have been Peter Gr- I don't know who got sent off for them. But they were down to 10 men, basically, at the time. Hmm. And then Gareth Bale, who was their left back, um, ended up playing as a left mid because I think they brought Asu Okoto on um, yeah, to just show yeah. up the defence as well and then it was literally just an attack of like Aaron Lennon and Gareth Bale and Jermaine Genus so it may have been Peter Crouch the one that got sent off I don't, I can't remember off the top of my head um, and what happened there as well and obviously like you mentioned about retiring Mike on those two legs retired uh, Mike on he was one of the best right backs in the world at the time as well oh 100% just, it was him and Danny Alves weren't it really yeah, him and Danny Alves they just came back from the World Cup in 2010 both literally best right back one and two in the world like yeah. like you'd understand it was unbelievable how well he was um at the time but yeah two uh 21 years old i think they were literally four nil down before gareth bale actually scored a hat trick as well so they literally beaten four nil in italy it was unreal to see how well he did um so just keep running and running and running and like carwin just said as well it was the fact that uh gareth bale just didn't want to say no didn't want to take no for an answer he didn't want to leave anything and the fact that they nearly scored another equaliser as well to make it um, 4-4 as well which was the craziest thing at the same time but Gareth Bale against Inter Milan I'm quite happy for this as, as the main choice because like you said it put Gareth Bale on the map you've got him to be more of a winger than left back as well so it changed that his way of playing and it became more of an attacking threat as we all got to see that night as well and on the return fixture in the group stage as well he once again tore my conscious shreds with 11 men at White Hart Lane and it turned out to be a fantastic season for Gareth Bale uh, pr- uh, gaining interest from all across Europe and a couple of seasons later moving to Real Madrid and winning yeah. I think, I the Champions think, League he made I don't think you can look past that game to be honest mm. so you've, got the, you've got the final 2018 anyway he came off the bench yeah he got snubbed into it a little bit they, the Sana kind of shunned him and threw him onto the bench and then he came on and he scored two in that game I know he's yeah. got the red kick um that second one where Carrier spilled it and they just like bounced off him. But again, it's been it's been brought to our attention that Carrier's actually suffered concussion, but he never actually got fully treated in that game. So that's why he was oh, wow. he was left to walk all alone, unfortunately, at the end of the game. And they never subbed him off. They never properly mm-hmm. examined him. And that was really bad from the Liverpool medical side as well, unfortunately. But Very bad. it is what it is. Uh, Gareth Bell ended up winning four Champions League trophies, three in a row, which was iconic. And what an amazing player he was. But I would happily go for that Inter Milan performance because like we said, it just brought it just came out of nowhere. He wasn't already an established player or even an established world-class player at the time. 
um, for anyone. It was just another player at Spurs and he just became a lot better going forward. And it really established Gareth Bale on the world stage. So yeah, nicely done, Carwin. Gareth Bale. Yep. Good um, stuff. <laughs> I'm gonna go for some I'm gonna go for someone that you may not like, Dan. And I'm gonna I'm gonna throw his name in there. Neymar. Oh. Uh. I'm gonna go for Neymar. So <laughs> we all established before the recording we don't actually like Neymar that much, but you always have to show respect to a player when respect is due. And my favorite Neymar performance is probably the one of the greatest comebacks in Champions League history. It is the PSG versus Barcelona tie where PSG, I think they were winning 4-1 or something before, or 4-0 before um, the return leg to the... Uh, yeah, 4-0, sorry, you're right. 6-5 on aggregate. And then there was that Sergi Roberto uh, comeback as well with that last-minute goal. And yeah. in that game, Neymar just had the game of his life, and it was unbelievable that Barcelona won 6-5 on aggregate as well. And it was unbelievable because the, the thing that annoyed me the most... Um, forget about the 4-0 win where um, Cavani, Jackson, Dima scored against Barcelona and Barcelona threw away their tools and just couldn't bother uh, for the rest of the game. They got outplayed and outgunned, which is crazy. What annoyed me the most, and this is just me, is the fact that after the game, everyone was going on about how well Lionel Messi did to inspire the comeback. But for the first time in a long time at Barcelona, it wasn't Lionel Messi, it was Neymar. And Neymar actually did it with a free kick. I mean, he scored a penalty as well, which was crazy. He assisted in the last minute as well. He came on and he actually changed the game um, for Barcelona. No, he didn't come on. He, he was on from the start, but he literally changed the game from the beginning as well. Edison Cavani scored in the 62nd minute as well, which was crazy. But Neymar with, what, two goals, I think one or two assists as well. Suarez in the third minute scoring as well. It was one of the most unbelievable games to ever watch. Um, yeah, I'd, um, I'd got him in mind as well. I think because every time I have the debate with Neymar fans, they always say, well, he turned up in the Champions League is it the semi-final or whatever. Mm. Uh, for, I'm like, well, yeah, it, it was a good performance, but... Iconic yeah. performance, I think. Yeah, it, 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 I think that was another one, a bit similar to Bale, weren't it, that it sort of defined a defining performance, if you like. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it all happened within, I think it was, I think it was like 550 seconds, which is crazy. And then just out of nowhere, just everything just changed over the next 10 minutes, which is crazy. Um, for yeah. the 85th minute to the 95th minute as well. So I was really looking forward to seeing how well Neymar could do after that. Unfortunately, though, he ended up moving to PSG. And then <laughs> that's when we didn't really get to appreciate a lot of what Neymar could have become at Barcelona. But I think it, that really was a game where he was like overshadowed by Lionel Messi. And Lionel Messi had that iconic picture as well of him just looking at the fans as well. <laughs> but can anyone remember another iconic or great memory like that regarding Neymar um, in the cha- in the Champions League? The only one I can think of to most with Neymar. So it, yeah. it was on my list as well, that performance. So that's yeah, the only one. It's the only, it's the only Neymar one that made my list. There's been a couple, aren't there, where he's... You know, bad. I think this is my big gripe with Neymar. Is it, I'm looking at this list really and it's Messi, Ronaldo and there's... That's why it's to change the format because otherwise it's going to be a messy Ronaldo talk yeah. and, and you need to change it. There's two players in here that are on here twice that aren't Messi and Ronaldo on my list and uh, Neymar's only in once uh, and we're saying he's like the third best of a generation. He should be tearing this up. Mm. Especially the league he plays in. Like, it's not like he plays at an outstanding level every week. So, I mean, it's not like he's fatigued, if you like. Yeah. Or under the same amount of physical pressure as you're in the Premier League you think really the Champions League should be his playground because it's not 
that's where he should be ripping it to shreds and it, it, it just hasn't really yeah that's the case he's had a couple of good performances against Bayern Munich unfortunately the one in the final where he did quite well he didn't get to finish yeah, his dinner and then obviously yeah. Bayern Munich beat PSG in the final which was crazy and then the following season he had a really good game against them in the knockout stages as well but again nothing will ever eclipse for me well at the moment nothing will ever eclipse that performance he made um, against PSG in 2017 yeah. so that's Bale that's Neymar Dan I'm going to throw over to you have you got a player that you think has had a nice standing performance in the Champions League rather knockout stages group stages final wherever yeah I'm going to throw it back a little bit further than that I'm going to go Wayne Rooney against Fenerbahce Ooh. Um, that is a throwback and I love that throwback I can talk about Wayne Rooney forever uh, I remember that game like it was yesterday man same here I can remember watching it with my dad we've just got a telly in the conservatory like I can remember the whole evening uh, obviously I think Rooney had just uh, lit up the Euros in 2004 mm. Saturday United and then uh, honestly it was an outstanding performance his Champions League debut um, hat-trick running beyond players tireless aggressive proper street footballer um, and just what just watching him play really was fantastic that game sort of again we're saying this aren't we I don't know if it's a criteria for the performances that we're asking for but it sort of defined it's like kick started his club career didn't it I think it honestly did because it was it was you saw all types of goals in that game as well. You saw that left-footed finish chip. You saw the free kick as well. And you saw the other one where he just ran onto it, which was incredible. I remember that game, like I said, so vividly. I think we won 6-2 in the end. And there was a there was a moment where I think he kicked the ball out for a corner and then Fenerbahce scored. But he was like, okay, cool. doesn't matter. We're already winning. And that's when he was just kind of there like, yeah, I'm here. I'm at Old Trafford. The commentator famously said, oh, we expect, we're going to expect a lot more of those goals. And it became Manchester United's all-time leading goal scorer as well which was unbelievable. Such a good performance, honestly. I, I was, uh, it was been, been quite good planning for this because I was looking at um, like YouTube videos and stuff of games and I got into a bit of a rabbit hole watching them and it was fantastic. It's actually very fun when you go back on this nostalgic route as well. It's, it's really... Oh, the commentary as well, like so much better the, when I'm watching the like old games. Mm, I agree. It was one of those things you're looking back at it and you're just kind of there like, this is unreal of how well we, they, they were as commentators. Now we've just got not, a, not as good. I think the commentators just hits you in your field sometimes as well, which is unreal. Um, this, is the tr- this is a tricky one because I have two better performances, in my opinion, for Wayne Rooney um, than this one that we saw as well. First things first, um, it was against a bigger opposition than Fenerbahce, with no disrespect to Fenerbahce. So one of them was the fact that he actually did amazing against AC Milan in two different occasions. So one of them was in 2007 when AC Milan went on to win the Champions League. So this was a semi-final um, as well. He had had the best of Champions League uh, ties, but we recently had beaten Roma 7-1 in the round before in the last eight. And then we ended up playing AC Milan at home in the first game. I think Gabriel Heinz has scored this, the first goal. Uh, Kaka scored two, I think, and he did an amazing goal uh, sliding it past Van der Sar, making Gabriel Heinz and Patrice Evra like hit into one another as well. But yeah. this this comeback from being two one down at home to AC Milan was inspired by Wayne Rooney. Paul Scholes scored an amazing, nice little no. Paul Scholes did an amazing chip through ball um, to Wayne Rooney to make an equal equalizer, made it two two. And then in the last minute of the game, 
Wayne Rooney first time off balance, I think 25, 20, yeah, 20, 25 yards out on the right-hand side of the box, just comes in and just yeah. uh, whacks it past Dida, prime Dida as well um, against it. And it gave us so much hope for the, the second leg um, against AC Milan. Unfortunately, we lost 3-0 in the second leg, um, <laughs> but it was an amazing moment. I had to say Man United have beaten AC Milan. Uh, we didn't win the Champions League, obviously, that season, but we won the league and it was the first time in ages we had won the league um, with Man United as well. Yeah. That's that's one for me. I've got a second one, but do you guys remember that one? Do you remember that that happening at all? Um, I can't. I, I sort of... Um, I, I, it's on my list. That oh, that's good. A couple of Ronaldo ones. I've only got the two from Rooney, though, so I'm not sure about your third one. Um, but I think that one, just for... I think just for the memories and stuff, I can remember watching it with my dad and we were... Like it was just a good night and it just yeah, just one of them good footballing memories when I think about it. Yeah, it really put English football on, on the map for European football as well. Because you're just kind of looking at it thinking this is where the kind of money was coming in from the Premier League. We're getting a Premier League team in the final every other season, which is great to see as well. Season before Arsenal lost that season, Liverpool lost in the final season afterwards. Man United and Chelsea were the first time when it's an all English final as well, which is unbelievable yeah. to see, which I really appreciated at the time. Because we that won. Dominance, weren't there as well? United, Barca, Chelsea, and mm. the finals. <clears throat> there was those as well. Um, the last one I'm going to suggest, it was a, I think it was a round of 16 game. Man United were playing away to AC Milan uh, this time, a couple of years later. This was after Ronaldo had left, Tevez had left as well. We were kind of battling Chelsea for the title at the time and Arsenal were doing quite well in the league. So we were 1-0 down to a Clarence Sadoff goal, I think, uh, at the San Siro. And it was another Wayne Rooney-inspired performance where Wayne Rooney and Carlos... Um, Wayne Rooney and Darren Fletcher, I think, scored the goals. And Paul Scholes scored the goals in that game. So Scholes, Fletcher... Uh, no, Scholes, Rooney. I think Rooney twice. I don't know if Fletcher scored. I remember Fletcher assisting. But that was another inspiring performance from Wayne Rooney, if I remember, if I ever remember one. Because again, it's like you said, when you're watching some of these games back, this one just remains in my heart, to be fair, because I just remember yeah. seeing it. And I'm just kind of there, like, this guy is doing it for us. There's no Ronaldo. There's no um, Carlos Tevez. Berbatov was out of form as well. And you're just kind of there, like, this is unbelievable. And I was just really, really, just really happy to see. He was in devastating form. It was at the time when he was just always just heading the ball in. He was just got used to heading the ball in. We were playing yeah. counter-attack in football. Um but yeah, honestly, it was fantastic to see how well he did. Scoring Such an adaptable footballer, weren't you, Rooney? Mm. Such an adaptable footballer. And I loved it. He could play as a number nine, play as a number 10. We've had many podcasts in the past where we're talking about how well he was. And even yesterday, we were talking, you and I, Dan, about how he could easily be the great British, the greatest British footballer of all time, not Gareth Bale. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people said in, in our in our, in our our messages. Carl would shaking his head right there, but... Nah. I still think Wayne Rooney over, over Gareth Bale. That's another time. I'm too young to remember how good Rooney was. You know what I mean? Like when I was watching and growing up watching United, mm. he was at his end of his career, really. So I didn't get to see the best. So that's why I choose Bale. Really. No, that's absolutely fine. I mean, I'm I'm used to prime number nine Wayne Rooney, the, the menace yeah. Wayne Rooney. He was he was an absolute joy to watch and an absolute fire. That, that Fenerbahce game. It, it, uh, the the quote I've got written down here that I wrote for it was it, it was just like watching a street footballer using Old Trafford as his playground. Mm. Um, honestly, mate, you were fantastic. The it was, on, it was when, I was watching, when I was watching it back, I thought it just he only showed into street striker as well, and I think that 
Yeah, that happened a few years afterwards as well, which is crazy. And it goes to show that how well he did as a footballer, uh, literally just showing that this is what you can be as a footballer in professional football. Well, that's where he, I think that's why he was so good, because he was so raw, weren't he? So powerful. I see, I don't think he went into academy stuff until he was 14, did he? Something like that as well. And it goes to show you don't always have to go through yeah. the transition, the normal transition of being a he played football for years and you could tell because he played with no fear whatsoever. Definitely. It was crazy. But Carl, when you get the deciding vote, I've gone for Man United versus AC Milan 2007. Uh, Dan has gone for Fenerbahce 2004, his Champions League debut. What is the greatest performance from Wayne Rooney in the Champions League? Ooh. I'm going to go for the Fenerbahce one, I think. Ooh, it's the one I remember that. the most out of all three of them, I think. And mm. it's the one that obviously put Rooney's name on the map, like that, the one I chose for Bale as well. So I think it's a theme for my list. That's okay. Great introductions need to be need to be remembered as well, which is which is fantastic yeah. as well. Um, next one, I'm gonna go for this next one as well. So we've gone for Wayne Rooney, we've gone for Neymar, uh, and we've gone for Gareth Bale. I'm gonna go for <clears throat> This is more of a personal choice. I'm going to go for Robert Lewandowski. Ooh. Which one? Oh, I love that you said which one. I love that you said which one as well. That that's, that made me um, quite happy. I'm going to go for when he was at Borussia Dortmund against Real Madrid, when yeah. he was literally in that Jurgen Klopp side. You had Royce, you had Goethe, you had Blasikovsky. It was a classic team. You had Nuhi Sahin, you had a young Ilkay Gundogan as well who's still killing it to this day, same as Robert Lewandowski. It was a fantastic young team coming out of Germany. They nearly, they escaped the group of death as well um, in that same season. Jurgen Klopp had a fantastic aura about him um, before the stress of moving to Liverpool, of course. But <laughs> that game against Real Madrid, that second leg where he scored, uh, it was just, it was unbelievable. Dan, you need to talk about this. You need to talk about how well Robert Lewandowski <laughs> is as a number nine striker. He was unbelievable that game, man. Scored all four, didn't he? As well in the semi-final. The, is it the first leg of the semi-final as well? I uh, have to double check that one. Scored all four. Scored all four goals, and obviously the state of, uh, the, well, not the state of. That's the wrong word. But the, the team that Madrid were, they were like. And then you get this little old team from Germany rock up with. Uh, a bit like Nagelsmann was really a couple of years ago, weren't he? This young, fresh-faced manager from Germany that's instilled just an aura. I think that was the right word you used, really. An aura about his team. And then, yeah, Lewandowski just tore him to shreds. Yeah, in 70 minutes. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it, was a, it was the first time a player scored four goals against Real Madrid in the, in the competition's history, which wow. is unbelievable. I can believe that. Mm. Special, wow. special night for Bayern. Uh, not for Bayern, sorry. It was going to be for Bayern a couple of seasons later, but for Borussia yeah. Dortmund as well, which is crazy. And it was literally a Jose Mourinho-inspired Real Madrid. And I think it was the last time he was there as a manager um, because he tried to... He, he got the foundations right at Real Madrid and then he had moved on to Chelsea. Yeah. Back to Chelsea, I should say. But Jurgen Klopp was just getting started with that um, Borussia Dortmund team. And what a, what a joy it was as well. When you're watching these games back as well, uh, it's unreal to see how well he did as a player and as a manager for Rob. When you look at the, um, we'll not get down at a Klopp Avenue because I'm, I'm a massive fan, like, but mm. the players that they brought in, and then when you see when they sold them on again, like, was it Lewandowski they signed from a third division? No, uh, Lech Poznan were a first division. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So they, they went and signed him for, what is it, 900 grand or something ridiculous in 2009. And then obviously, 
the other Andrew, one. Did he go for free to buy it actually at the end of his yeah, contract? They, 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 yeah, he went to yeah, he went the wrong free. example. There. Pick the wrong example. <laughs> you got my point. I get your point. It's happened previously <laughs> with uh, Borussia Dortmund as well. But no, honestly, with with Borussia Dortmund and the way that they played as well, I was so I was rooting for them to win in that final against Bayern Munich and. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't the case. And Bayern Munich won in the last minute with an iron rubbing goal, um, which was which was unreal. But realistically speaking, Carwin, do yeah. you have do you think there's been another iconic performance in the Champions League by Robert Lewandowski that you think that could eclipse the four? Nah, I, nah, I, I think the, I was going to put this down on my list. Mm. I went for the Neymar performance instead, so it was between them two. So I think this is his best performance. I think, yeah, nah, it's one of my, it's my it's my first like. Ever season, I remember watching fully as well. Yeah, I remember watching the final. It was at Wembley, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. 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 And then, yeah, I remember watching the semi-final as well. Fantastic. No, it was great to see. Uh, it's, it's always nice when you see smaller teams going through, just like in the World Cup, Morocco going through to the semi-final. Uh, we've seen Monaco doing the past as well. We've seen Ajax do it recently as well, which is Wales. great to see. Wales as well. Once upon a time, semi-finals, fantastic in the Euros. Um, yeah. Uh, go go on, Dan. Tell us the other one for Robert Lewandowski. I want to hear it because I want to see if it was better or worse than the four one. Mate, that's the only one I've got down. I just didn't think I, I didn't know if anybody else would have the Lewandowski one in. No, nah, definitely mine for Lewandowski. Oh, the five goals in nine minutes. Oh, was it something ridiculous like that? That was a league game or a, league, oh, or a cup game. Yeah. But nah. Sorry, Robert Lewandowski. You guessed it right. Um, is literally going to go for. Uh, the 4-1 win in 2013. Yeah. Right, Carwin, suggest a name from your list and it can be anyone. I know we've got like four down, so if you want to go for Messi um, or Ronaldo, absolutely fine. I think we'll leave that until last. Perfect. You know you know the gravitas of, of podcasting and how you have to get people to wait until the end. I love it. It's fantastic. So I'm going to go down a different route here. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a fairly recent performance as well. Oh. And it's uh, Courtois. I thought you Liverpool. were. Oh, I did not remember Courtois in my list. Courtois was at Liverpool in the Champions yeah, yeah. League 2022. So last is year. That, is that the greatest goalkeeper for performance we've ever seen in the Champions League final? In my lifetime, yeah. I'm trying to I think. Recall, I don't recall a better one, but then it's hard. Petter Check. my head. Petter Check 2012. That was very good. Saving a penalty yeah, in extra time against Arjen Robin. Dudek, second half an extra time. And the penalties as well. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head here a little. Uh, Van der Sar, 2008, Man United. Um, yeah, this is, this is, this is a tricky one. Yeah, I'll give you that, Carwin, I think. Nine saves, man of the match. Nominated for best keeper of the year and obviously yeah. got it, which was great. This I think Belgium's was, Belgium's like, best player in the World Cup as well that same this same year 2022 which is unreal oh man but it's not even just that it's that whole run up that he had in the knockout stages the game against yeah. Chelsea at the Bernabeu the game against uh, Chelsea at Stamford Bridge as well which was crazy and the game against Manchester City keeping them in it with that Jack Grealish save yeah. it's, I think it was 1-0 at the time and that second goal from Grealish would have just killed it all off um, because I kept them in which was unreal. I'm trying to think. Manuel Noyes had amazing games for Bayern, yeah, as well, yeah. especially in that lockdown season when they won. He was fantastic for them yeah. as well. Um, yeah, I don't, think, I don't think you can mention best goalkeeping performance without mentioning Neuer, can you? No, yeah. Neuer, you can't. Uh, Ike Casillas, early 2000s, he was fantastic. Gigi, Joanne Luigi Buffon, 2000, I think 2015, 
uh, against Real Madrid, keeping them in it to get them to the final. That was an iconic one as well. This could be a second part podcast, this Hamza. You know what? If if you're free, we've got all the time in the world. We can do a goalkeeper's best ever. We we'll do best ever goalkeeper's performances in the Champions League. I'll happily do it. We've got a goalkeeping coach from Huddersfield Town here. We're right. Yeah, I'm up for that. I'm I'm game for that. That's crazy. But no, honestly, I'll happily throw. Actually, you know what? You've changed my mind now. Civil Courtois yeah. has to be on a separate list now, Carwin. <laughs> <laughs> You've done really well to suggest it, but we can't just discriminate goalkeepers now. That's that's how yeah. I see it. We we can't just that's a fantastic shout. Unbelievable. This is for anyone listening, that's our part two. Best ever individual goalkeeping performances in the Champions League. Stick around for part two coming up um, later in the year as well, which is great. Let me do a bit of research on that. No, I've got more research than anyone to do. Yeah. I'm forgetting about these off the top of my head. It's going to be crazy to see. But no, Tibble Quarter is definitely going to be up there. And nice shout, but we are going to move on because Dan's given us a very, very good idea. Uh, it'll be very fun to listen back to you as well. And Carwin, I'm definitely sure you'll be taking the lead with that as well. With all these amazing goalkeepers. I honestly never considered a goalkeeper. And that's the craziest thing. It was It was just, I I looked at like the recent finals and I thought, I'll put Kurtzwa down because it was, I was in awe of that performance. It was just unbelievable, wasn't it? Definitely. It was iconic to see how well he did. Um, and the whole Barcelona team as well, which was which was unbelievable. The Barcelona Real Madrid team um, against the teams that they had, which was unreal. Oh, but yeah, parking Courtois and goalkeepers to the side because we don't want to disrespect them. We're going to appreciate them in our own way. Um, Carwin, again, you can pick another player, man. It's all you. Okay. Um, let me just look through my list quickly. Have you got any more Real Madrid players? Um, I got a performance against Real Madrid. Oh, let's say that. Dusan Tadic. Wow. wow. Ajax. Wow. Yeah, the, the season where they went... When, what was it? Semi-final? Semi-final. Yeah. They knocked out by Spurs, didn't they? Unfortunately. So, Tadic, quarter-finals, second leg, mm. at the Bernabeu against Real Madrid. There was 10 out of 10 performance. It was rated 10 out of 10 and considered one of the best like team performances in Champions League recent history. So, And he yeah. was the catalyst for that performance, wasn't he? He scored one, got one assist. And I've, I remember watching that game live and I thought, bloody hell this players because where was he at was he at Southampton, he was at Southampton before yeah, yeah. Southampton. he wasn't he was good wasn't he he wasn't mm. he wasn't a world beater there wasn't he and then when I watched him again in, for this for their run to the uh, semi-finals he was unbelievable wasn't he yeah unreal yeah. and you're looking I, at him you're looking at him right now to, sorry go on no get, carry on carry on am I right in thinking do some Tadic had a little spell at United when he was a bit younger no it was the the real... Zoran, Zoran Tosic was his name. There we go. Still Serbian, but he, he played like two games for Man United and never played again. Got sold yeah. somewhere. Fiorentina, I think. You, no, Adam Lejacic, the other Serbian, went to Fiorentina. Tosic went somewhere else, which was crazy. You signed both at the same time, didn't you? Yeah. Literally both January signings had them in 2009 when we were Premier League winners. They just didn't cut it in the first team and it just didn't happen for them, unfortunately. I think they made a couple of appearances for their national side, which is good for them, but... Um, yeah. nothing nothing really after that I would say I've took us down a rabbit hole there sorry carry on no, no it was good it was good <laughs> I, I, it was a good throwback to uh, Zoran Tostic uh, former Man United prospect but didn't come about um, as well which is great um, I'm going to throw in Karen Benzema Ooh. last season I'm going to use recency bias here as well um, 3-0 against Chelsea Sanford yeah. Bridge hat-trick he yeah. had best, he had greater performances that season. He had amazing performances. Maybe even against um, 
uh, PSG may have been even better, but I just personally like that hat-trick. And I love when the strikers score a hat-trick. Mbappe scoring a hat-trick against Barcelona in a 4-1 PSG win. Ronaldo obviously scoring hat-tricks time and time again, which we'll get onto later. But I need to throw Karim Benzema in there for what he did last season for Real Madrid. I can't escape the fact that he single-handedly, at his ripe old age of 34 at the time, got Real Madrid to that final with the likes of Luka Modric, 36 years old at the time, Tony Cruz, 32 years old at the time as well. Um, the the maturity in that side to not be as aggressive and, and as expansive as they had been in the past worked so well for them. They aren't doing great at the moment um, at the time of recording in the league, but they were they just... They're a different animal in the Champions League. And we saw that against PSG when Benzema goes to pressurise um, Donnarumma uh, for PSG yeah. and just goes in and then just wins the ball back. And then you're just there like, okay, cool, scored a goal. You you look away for a second. They're already on the counter-attack. He scores again. Unreal. And it gets them into the next game again and again and again. I remember coming back home uh, on the second and listening to the radio when I think it was rather Mason Mount who scored or Werner that scored, that made it in Chelsea's favour. I think it was Werner that scored. And then you're like, oh my God, it's crazy. And then who pops up? Karen Benzema. Again and again and again. And I could take I could take any one of those games, but I'm going to definitely pick that Chelsea game at Stamford Bridge because he silenced Stamford Bridge. Mm. And that, that header again against, I think it was Rudiger at the time, amazing goal. And I love Karen Benzema for what he did for Real Madrid. And um, I really wish that he played at the World Cup. It would have been a joy for him to see him in that World Cup. But have you got any other great memories of Karen Benzema from any other moments? Um, or that? I'm, I'm going to shamefully say this. Um, I, I haven't got Benzema on my list. <gasps> I know. For, for reals? No, genuinely. He's not on my list. I've got 12 on the list. Mm. Uh, through no other reason than I never really gave it much thought. Oh my God. <laughs> He's one of them players you just don't think about when you're doing these lists. But then when you, when you say it, it's like you can't really dispute it, but it was, these are all like standout performances for me. Um, and the Benzema one's not really on it. Um, yeah. yeah, I agree. Like, I'm throwing you... a grenade there, aren't I? I'm silenced. I'm, I'm, I'm in shock. <laughs> Literally. I'm the podcast. But yeah, when I, when I was doing like research for this, I, I never considered putting Benzema down or I didn't even look into his performances to be fair. So I, I don't have him down either to be fair. That's crazy. <laughs> That's wild that is. Nah, Karen Benzema, what he did last season was unreal. The, the games against PSG, the games against Chelsea, the games against Manchester City. Oh, mad. The Paneka. Yeah, you, can't, you can't dispute it to be fair. You, you nah, can't dispute it. The Paneka, the Etty had as well yeah, at the time. <laughs> no, not extra. I think no. The penalty against Man City at the Bernabeu was extra time. The penalty against and the four-three defeat was just a normal, uh, normal game as yeah. well, which was extra time as well. <laughs> we'll. We'll park Karen Benzema to make sure he makes the list or doesn't make it to the end because we've still got a lot of players. But <laughs> you can tell I'm 100% shocked that <laughs> Benzema has not made any of your list. But to be fair to you both, I did say the top 10 performances of all time as opposed to top different players. But that's why I needed to throw this curveball out there. Karen Benzema, what yeah, an absolute joy um, yeah. he was. So, Karen Benzema, you'll be in part for a bit, but I'm going to fight my corner and your corner for, for yourself, Karen Benzema. Uh, go on, Dan. You've got the next two. So you can suggest two and let's see who we've got. Okay. So again, when you asked me to do this, there was four performances that stood out that I thought are oh, stand out. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I can remember the game clear as day. Um, Steven Gerrard, 2005, AC Milan. Um, we were on holiday in Tenerife. We were three <laughs> down. Jen, remember, clear as How day. How were you on holiday when I was at school the next day? What's that about? <laughs> yeah. Is it different half terms or something? I swear. Nah, I had a week long dentist appointment, Hamza. A week long dentist appointment. Yeah, I get so it. I get it. I was three. Long waiting times. <laughs> That's crazy. Go on, carry on. Carry on. No, just, Let's see that. Just when you're. How old have I been then? 12? Yeah. So just when you're looking at um, footballers, he had everything into that game. Like it, the team needed and stepped up, uh, proper captain's performance. I think the introduction to Harman that game as well let Gerard go and just grab the game by the scruff of the neck. So fair play. But that side of Seydorf, Kaka, Maldini, Nesta, Shevchenko, Crespo, and you look at that team that Liverpool had got, they got Jimmy Traore playing centre-half and no, dis- no disrespect, but... Milan Barros up front, their number yeah, nine. for anybody was, to drag What's his name? Jibril Cisse, was he playing? No, he wasn't He's playing. on the bench, I think. Yeah. Harry Kewell, God, yeah. I mean... Harry Kewell, getting, that, Harry Kewell getting subbed off just benefited them, which was the best thing. They could have played with 10, to be honest, I think. Mm. But, yeah, the, just that, that performance from Gerrard, when you think his team needed him and... Skipper, Liverpool lad, and you hear the stories, don't you, that he led the team talk half-time, and how many players do you think this generation would be? I mean, I could think of one that's meant to be some sort of Captain Marvel that would sort of shy away, or... JB, 22. That was, uh, I was going to go Neymar, you think he sometimes hides. Mm. Um, But when his team needed him, he, he grabbed it by the scruff of the neck, didn't he, and fair play, I think just that that performance... Was outstanding. I think that's that's why I always put Gerard at the top of my list. You know the Gerard Lampard skulls. Just just that one performance for me just epitomised everything that you want from your your captain and what I'd always want from a centre midfielder. Mm. Well, I can't disagree with you. Gerard was on my list as well, so I'm happy popping him in there as well. Carwin, you said you were free at the time, but I think. You may have to concede this one to put Gerard in. He was iconic in this game. Him scoring a header, Xabi Alonso scoring a penalty, Vladimir Spitzer scoring as well. Fantastic yeah. goal. Um, going never, on to penalty shootouts as well. Fantastic. He never took a pen, did he? I think he did. Did he not? No, I don't think he took one. Let's double check. Let's check. I think because he was meant to be taking the fifth and when Shevchenko had his save by Duda into that game. Hmm. Um, Dude, was on the six-yard line, by the way, when he was saving them, they, those pens. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. He didn't take a penalty. That obviously it was the fact that they missed um, at the time as well. But he's probably number five or number six, um, if just, I remember correctly as well. Yeah, just every, everything about it. I thought fair play. Um, it always sticks in my head. Gerard, two thousand five versus AC Milan. Yeah, makes the list. Right. Um, so we've got. Just to uh, remember for everyone, we've got Bayer, we've got Neymar, we've got Rooney, Lewandowski, we've got Jared, we've got five. So we've got five on our list. So Dan, you've got the next one. Carwin, you've got one off of that. Then I've got one off of that. And then we'll see what the last two will be Messi and Ronaldo. So literally we've got one pick each, then Messi and Ronaldo, literally. Okay. And I think my pick may have to go for Benzema if you don't too, if you don't change your minds. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But no. Um, Go on, Dan, who's, your, who's who's the next on your list? Or who's your final pick for this list? 
Right, so being as this is my final pick, apart from Messi and Ronaldo, mm-hmm. I feel obliged to pick one, but I also can't look past the other one either. Let's hear both of them. Okay, so no, the, one I feel, the one I feel obliged to mention, because he needs to be mentioned in, it, uh, in this, is Kaka, 2007 semi-final. Mm. Uh, the second leg against United. And the first leg as well, both of them. Iconic games. Absolutely. It's all United to shreds. Mm. Uh, you, you can't look past Kaka for a Champions League list, something like this. Winning the Champions League after two years, obviously we just mentioned them losing in 2005. Retribution for AC Milan, retribution for Kaka as well. Um, and I, the, one, the one that um, stuck out to me as well, this was one of my four that really stood out was Jack Wilshere against Barca, 2011. I am not putting Jack Wilshere in this list, whatever happens. If you can't put Captain Benzema in this list and you're putting Jack Wilshere in for one game, for one game. Nah. What you want, it's a Champions League performance. And he was... 100% second leg, San Siro, him and Sadov, yeah. course, Man United to pieces. I still get PTSD from that game uh, for how well they played. Jack Wilshere had a one and done in that season. I, I thought it was fantastic. I know they, they ended up winning 2-1. I think Andre Arshavin scored the winner in that game. But no, if you're picking out of those two, I'm going for Kaká all day long because he won the Ballon d'Or that year as well. He was outstanding to watch. What a superb yeah, you can't player. You can't go past... You, you can't mention this without mentioning Kaká. 100%. The, the, uh, in terms of a, a standalone Champions League performance, 19 years old, Xavi and yes to Busquets and he ran the show. Mm. Jack Wilshire ran the, ran the game. Um, I think that was probably the first sort of play we looked at as a as a nation and when we've actually got because that was the title, especially from a coaching perspective, when you look at the type of players we were producing, they were all very much of the skulls, Gerard, Lampard, Mo, which good players, but nobody who could really pick the ball up in three players around them or pick the ball up and run at players from centre midfield um, and just how he carried himself you, you looked at him and thought he's a real technician mm. um, and that sort of set us on our way I think that we can produce these sort of players and now we're Jack Wilshere walked so the likes of Foden Grealish even of course they, they all kind of just came out after which was crazy I always call it the goals generation that's what I call it. So literally the players that grew up playing goals and power league, six-a-side football, learning to play cage football consistently, having to kind of get themselves out of the way as opposed to always playing grass football, 11-a-side, eight versus eights, whatever it is, playing more five-a-sides. And that's what I love about it because you're seeing more of them coming through and it's fantastic to really see what they're kind of like um, as well. But no, no, Jack Wilshire, not for me. I have to go for Kaká of this one. I thought you would have mentioned Frank Lampard personally, Dan. Lampard versus Liverpool 2008 semi-final uh, came back after the death of his mother to then start in the Champions League semi-final to get Chelsea over the line to play Manchester United and he took a penalty and he scored the penalty that got Chelsea through to the final of the Champions League that was iconic great performance from Brad Lampard what what a player he was but um, no I'm happily going for Kaká Carwin are you going to back me or are you going to go for Jack Wilshere what are we going for I'm gonna go for. Oof, I'm gonna go for Wilshire. Just why? To, why? Just <laughs> oh god! Oh god! I'm, I could. Uh, I could save the day here a little bit. <laughs> I, I am gonna to edge towards Kaká, but very begrudgingly. 
begrudgingly. Nah, I'm going to go for Kaká as well. So. Nah, Wilshere definitely deserves a shout out. I'm glad you did. I'm, he was on my list as well. Um, we've got a whole honourable mentions before we'll talk about Messi and Ronaldo, which is crazy. So, yeah, honestly, it's, it's unreal to see how well Jack Wilshere did. <clears throat> I just really don't like the fact that he just continues to go um, from strength to strength to strength so early, kind of like with Deli Ali, and then everything just fell apart from, unfortunately, injuries, lack of form, lack of fitness, lack honestly, of playing yeah. style. What an absolute travesty it was to see his career, how it, how it played out, just injury after injury after injury. Yeah, it was crazy to see. But yeah, Kaka makes the list, Ballon d'Or winner. Kaka, 2007 versus Man United. There we go. Carwin, it's up to you, my friend. Who are you, who are you going to go for? Who are you putting in? I'll go one more name on my list here, except for Messi and Ronaldo, obviously. But I've got another player that's not that's not on my list that none of you guys have mentioned. And I'm quite surprised that you haven't, to be fair. Let's hear it. Let's hear both of them. Well, the one on my list mm. is the Lucas Mora performance against Ajax in the semi-final. I, I love that performance, but I'm not putting him in there. Fair enough. But, but the one... it, it was great. It was great. It's such a good comeback, though, to be fair, against that Ajax side that you mentioned earlier as well doing so well against Real Madrid then winning 1-0 at uh, the White Hart Lane Stadium with Donny van der Beek scoring mm. and then Lucas Moura uh, Harry Kane less Spurs he was the one that inspired look, them and that last kick of the game as well to, to get them through look what happens when Harry Kane doesn't play exactly oh, God, exactly no I, I agree Harry Kane should definitely not have played in that final he should not have started they were playing better football without him uh, exactly. the Man City game as well if you remember Carwin that quarterfinals at the Etihad yeah. He wasn't there, and he played. They played fantastic football. Hurricane, well, Hurricane tends to let down Spurs in the big occasions, and potentially England. Carwin go, we've got Carwin going now. <laughs> Carwin, you can go all you want. It's perfectly fine. It's your space to speak. <laughs> Is it a Hurricane hates Hurricane podcast? Ah, uh, no. Nah. Turn it into this. We have the same initials, so I can't be. Do we can't be doing an HK uh, haters <laughs> podcast, which is crazy. Uh, but no, Lucas Moura. Well, that was a fantastic performance. But I, for me personally. Um, I've got another one that you haven't mentioned to be fair. Let's hear it. It's the Ronaldo versus Man United. Yeah. R9 one. I'm R9 so happy, I'm so happy you've said that because that would have been I'd have had to have brought that up if you didn't. That, that was not, that, said that, it. That was on my list. Um, but obviously because we changed our format to make it a bit more inclusive for everyone. R9 versus Man United was iconic because that was a year the season after he won the World Cup as well. So it's World Cup winning Ronaldo. Yeah. Coming to Old Trafford. Already 3-1 up um, on aggregate. Comes to Old Trafford and he just kills the game, which is crazy. And then David Beckham came on as a sub and scored two goals as well. Um, David Beckham's last Champions League game for Man United before joining Ronaldo all the way yeah. up. Yeah, I think that was another one when I sort of what That was the first year I really watched the Champions League. Mm. And Ronaldo was like the first... The the first big name striker I can remember actually watching, thinking, "My God, it's sensational!" To the point, actually, when United signed CR seven, um, it came on. You remember this, Hamza? Teletext. Yes. Yeah. So it came on there, and it said United signed Ronaldo, and I was like, "How on earth? Wow, it's happened! He's yeah, here! How on earth? How on earth?" And then when I went on it, it was some unknown kid from Portugal, which obviously transpired to. <laughs> Which we'll get on to later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but yeah. It, it was hype at the time. You're like, oh, we've signed Ronaldo. But not <laughs> Ronaldo. 
Yeah, just unfortunately. Ah oh, man, but no, Ronaldo was special. He's a special striker, special talent. The the Samba flair that he had as well was unreal. The step overs before going in. I'm surprised he didn't do more against Barthez that we had in goal. We weren't great in that in that season with goalkeepers, but he raw did very power. well. Raw power that he had was fantastic. Mm. To continue going through on goal was unbelievable against Rio Ferdinand. I think it may have been Silvestre or Laurent Blanc or Wes Brown in centre defence as well, which was crazy to see um, how it was. But yeah, Old Trafford, like you said, Carwin, rose to a stand innovation for how great of a player he was. And I can't remember the last time Old Trafford did that. So it goes to show how well and how well respected um, Ronaldo R9 definitely was um, around the world, which is crazy. I'll happily back you for that. Ronaldo R9. I'll back that. I'm surprised you didn't mention it, so I had to. I had to. Don't worry. I I have a whole list of honourable mentions before Messi and Ronaldo, but it's absolutely fine. I'm looking at our list now and I'm looking at versus Man United versus Man United versus Man United. <laughs> All of these games against Man United, which is crazy. Oh, man. Um, yeah, honourable mentions before I pick mine. You okay. know what? I, I'm going to back Karen Benzema. I'm, I'm putting, putting Benzema in there. It'd be silly not to put Benzema in there as well. But I've got so many honourable mentions and that's why I had to make it a top 10 list of different players. Otherwise, we're going to miss out on so many different performances. Yeah. So I mentioned earlier Frank Lampard versus Liverpool 2008, coming back after literally the death of his mother, coming to play professional football, score a penalty against Liverpool in the semi-final. Always iconic for me. Fantastic performance. And he ended up scoring in the final as well, um, where Chelsea lost, fortunately, for Man United, which is great. So that's Frank Lampard off my list. N'Golo Kante, Champions League final 2021. Yeah. against Manchester City against Pep Guardiola's Manchester City everyone forgets how dull and boring that game was and who made it dull and boring N'Golo Kante because no attacking players with no centre defensive midfielders in that midfield um, yeah Kante just ran the show with, in that midfield and I thought it was fantastic I thought it was iconic from him as well to show how well he did as a centre defensive midfielder and I thought we saw the best of him at rather Leicester or the World Cup as well where I thought he did pretty well in 2018 before the semi-final and final where he wasn't as, as good but he turned up for Chelsea in that game and he turned up for Thomas Tuchel and for Chelsea and he was fantastic and I need to throw that out there for stopping Manchester City winning their first ever Champions League and Golo Kante and obviously Kai Havertz for scoring a goal as well was on my honourable mentions list as well. Um, that performance, fantastic player, Roy Keane, nineteen ninety nine versus oh, Juventus. That was my other honourable mention. <laughs> Roy Keane versus Juventus, getting suspended before the final by getting a yellow card. Does he sulk? Does he moan? Does he? No, I'm not going to swear, but you know, you know the time I was going to use. But he literally he comes on, he carries on with the game. He gets his team over the line. He scores that iconic flick of a header. Um, literally that you only can score on FIFA I can barely score them in real life anymore I'm afraid to use my head because of how impactful that header was against Juventus as well but no that was an amazing game and he inspired the rest of the team him and Paul's goals to actually get Juventus off the map and we were going to play Bayern Munich in the final and it was full steam ahead Barcelona but yeah Roy Keane's definitely made that list for me obviously you mentioned Kaká uh, a personal one for me Robin Van Persie versus Olympiacos 2014 I got this down here as well. I was gonna. I forgot to mention it. It's okay. This is a time for honourable mentions. So I've got like two more that both of you can throw any more in before we go into Messi and Ronaldo. But yeah, honestly, two 0 down as you may remember, Carwin away um, in Greece. It was the David Moyes season. So literally, we were not playing good football at all. We did not enjoy watching Manchester United. I remember going to the game and watching the game live as well. I was sitting 
I had a single seat. So my cousin who I went with was sitting with his other cousin elsewhere. And I'm just kind of there like, okay, cool. I'll just watch the game from tier three. I had the Olympiacos fans to my left-hand side um, yeah. on tier three where the away fans were as well. And it was a belter of a game. And Van Persie's free kick in that hat trick that he scored, I'll always remember that. And just, it was like lift off in Old Trafford. And we had not had very good moments in that season, as you remember, nah. 2014. So big moment for me and a big, very big personal moment for me to watch that and to watch Robert Van Persie play, which is great. Last one from me, um, Arsenal fans, you probably have been waiting for this all, all the time as well. Yeah, we're on 2003, Hamza. So 2003 against Inter Milan, it's 2006 against Real Madrid. Yeah, I, I want to go with the 2003 one as well. 2003 one was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I'll talk about 2006 first, then we'll go to 2003, but 2006, Bernabeu, Galacticos. Real Madrid are looking for that next Champions League title. Arsenal are somewhat there in their last season of Hyrule. They're unbeaten at home uh, and they're away in the first leg, I think, at the Bernabeu. And you're seeing one of, for me, top five greatest solo goals in the Champions League was Thierry Henry taking on the entire Real Madrid <laughs> defence and midfield. And Ronaldo, R9, was trying to trap back to keep up with him. And he just brushed everyone off. And it was, for me, one of the most iconic performances from an Arsenal player in the Champions League. And it will always be. Um, that's why I could never hate on Thierry Henry as much as I hated Arsenal at the time. I still do, to be fair. Henry was just something special. And a fantastic performance of slowing the game down when he needed to as well. He knew that the rest of his teammates weren't at the same level as him, but he brought them to it. And that's the sign of a true leader. Not looking right. down on people, he brought them up with him. And he got them all the way to the Champions League final against um, Barcelona as well. But yeah, 2006, Thierry Henry. But 2003, Dan, talk to us about 2003 against Inter Milan. That's the game you're talking about, right? Yeah, so uh, it was a five, remember says right, 5-1 win. I know they just lost against, uh, they lost against Inter 3-0 the leg, the leg before that. Mm. Uh, so they were 3-0 down going to the second leg and it was a Thierry Henry-inspired performance. At the San Siro, remember as well, they won, the five, they won 5 1 against Inter Milan in the San Siro, which was crazy. And again, it was one of them, uh, like I said, 2003 was about the first year I remember watching the Champions League. And it just when you're looking at stuff for this podcast and you're looking at the, when that came up, it's like, oh, yeah, it takes me right back to actually watching that. And mm. uh, yeah, again, that's another, that's another player, really. You can't really make this list without at least giving him. Uh, an honourable mention because he had some fantastic, uh, some fantastic, fantastic games in the Champions League. Definitely. I mean, I was I was trying to look at where we can fit him in this this one because you picked uh, Dusan Tadic earlier, but obviously it's a democracy on this podcast, not a dictatorship. So that's the whole point of it. So obviously Tadic um, versus Real Madrid makes the list as well. But obviously he was outside that game. But honorary honourable mention. Sorry you didn't make the list. I wish I would have picked you sooner. Um, but yeah. yeah. Rounding off our eight before Ronaldo and Messi, of course, we've got Gareth Bale versus Inter Milan 2010, Neymar versus PSG 2017, Wayne Rooney, we decided against for his debut for Fenerbahce 2005, Robert Lewandowski for Borussia Dortmund against Real Madrid 2013, Steven Gerrard against uh, uh, AC Milan 2005, Kaká 2007 versus Man United, Ronaldo R9, obviously versus Man United, and Carwin said earlier, Dusan Tadic um, versus Real Madrid for Ajax in 2019. Goalkeepers series coming soon, which is great. I have got one more honourable mention. It's the, it's the time for both of you to say your honourable mentions. Go for it, my friend. You can. Yeah. So, we've looked at a lot of uh, a lot of forward players. Mm. 
uh, and this is another one that you look at the longevity of the guy. Uh, Sergio Ramos, Bayern Munich, 2014. Scored two, kept a clean sheet. Um, outstanding. It was in the final as well, weren't it? Out, outstanding performance. Um, the semi-final. 2004, 2014, they played against Atletico Madrid. Um, yeah, just yeah, just a fantastic performance again. You think uh, there's so many players in there when you look back and you think you, you wish you could give more of a mention to. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, what happens as you you probably know this by now, the both of you, when you finish a podcast and you've spoken about things, you'll be like, oh, I wish I mentioned him. I wish I mentioned him. I wish I mentioned him as well. I barely mentioned a Man United player, and I could probably go, oh, I forgot about him. Forgot about him. Forgot about him. Whoever. It's crazy to see. Um, but no, so many to go through as well, and we'll probably remember it on our goalkeeper. I'm a United player for you if you want. Go for it. It's a bit of a jokey one, to be fair. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> Hamza, do you remember Tuan Zabi was his Mbappe? Yes. <laughs> the only defender to oh. silence killing Mbappe in the Champions League, and who was it? Axel Tuan Zabi. Exactly. Injury ridden Axel Tuan Zabi. The worst <laughs> thing about that one, Carwin, as you remember. He was then suspended for the home game against PSG. Yeah. So who did we have? Maguire at the back. And he just got rinsed yeah, by he, Neymar. Zabi never played after that game. It was just baffling, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, it was an incredible performance. I'm glad you remembered that. That was a fantastic one to go through as well, which is crazy. <laughs> oh, but no, we are on to the biggest debatable, the debates of all, I should say, as well. We are talking about players within our lifetime that we have all watched um, respectively as well. We'll go for Lionel Messi first. We'll go for Messi first. Okay. I'd like to speak about Lionel Messi. Um, Carwin, what's your favourite Lionel Messi moment in the Champions League? No, not, not your favourite. That's, t- that's not the topic. What's the best performance you've seen from Lionel Messi? I'm not sure if anyone else has got this, but Bayern Munich versus Bayern Munich in the semi-final 2015. Mm. The, in my opinion, the most iconic, well, in my lifetime, iconic Goal moment where he just nutmeg Boateng and then dinked it over Neuer. Oh. Prime Neuer, by the way. Prime Neuer, literally two years oh. after they won the, the Champions League as well, which was crazy. Got the brace, got an assist. I think just one of the most memorable Champions League goals ever. Well, for me anyway. It, it was just, I remember watching that live and just screaming like, oh my God, has he just, has he just done that? You know what I mean? Yeah. The memes just carried on forever after that for yeah. poor George Boateng as well. And that was always <laughs> going to be the case, um, which was going forward as well, which is crazy to see. I didn't even consider that because it had so many. And this is why Messi and Ronaldo had to be last. Nicely done there, Carwin. We've got yeah. so much to discuss and to debate. I personally think we won't find the best, but no. we'll find our favourites. I think that's how it will go. Yeah, well, I- Go on, Dan, um, your choice, because I'm pretty sure if you get a different one to me, I'm pretty sure you got a different one to me. That's all I'm saying. I've got I've got two definitive ones, but then you always forget about ones, don't you? But I'm going to go Messi 2010 against Arsenal in the quarterfinals. That was, uh, a, that was a pleasurable one as well, because I think they drew 2-2 at the Emirates. And Arsenal yeah. going there with a chance. Oh, yeah, we could probably do something against this Barcelona. No, it didn't happen. No <laughs> chance you look, for you, Arsenal. You look at the team Arsenal put out and you think it was absolutely embarrassing to, to go there with any sort of confidence when you look at that team. I mean, no disrespect. It is Arsenal fans, to be fair, as well. They always have optimism for no reason as well, which is crazy. But no, that, that Messi one was, it was still, he was still fairly young. Um, mm. 
and I was watching it back again yesterday and there's a clip where he he didn't even score from this one he scored four and the, the clip that stood out was he, uh, he picks the ball up and you can see the whole Arsenal squad just goes well he's quicker than us physically better than us so stronger than me he can run past me he can pick the ball up they dropped off him and he rifled one top corner the they tried to go and press him and he the clip I'm on about he he, he starts running pick the ball up ran at Sylvester playing Sylvester is it playing centre yeah. Arsenal and the look on Sylvester's face he's absolutely <laughs> terrified he doesn't know whether it can go and press him because he'll unbalance him and, and slop it in the bottom corner and just the impact he had on that that game was aside from scoring I, yeah probably the one where you look at and go yeah this this kid's next level what took Lionel Messi next level for me was 2011. That was yeah, that was when I... No, 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 no. We're talking Bernabeu. We're talking semi-final. We're talking Jose Mourinho playing Lozano Diaro in centre defensive midfield to try and nullify Lionel Messi. Did it nullify him? No. Because so we're <laughs> talking about one of the easiest assists of all time from Sergio Busquets. Literally just setting the ball up for him just before, just after the halfway line. He then runs past the entire defence, the entire midfield, slotting it past Ica Casillas or Diego Lopez. I forgot the goalkeeper who was at the time. Past Sergio Ramos as well, which, which we mentioned as well. On his way to the Champions League final for a second time in three years because of that amazing goal. It was still the first leg, but we knew the tie was over with that second away goal. And Lionel you know, Messi just did it and he just poked it past it because Casillas as well. And he silenced the Bernabeu. I could easily go for so many more of them because like, like the, the whole topic at the beginning was the best ones. But if we're talking about the best ones, a lot of the players we mentioned, Dan and Carl, when we mentioned earlier, wouldn't make it on the top 10 list because Messi would be dominating that list. And I'm not even talking about the Champions League final where he was iconic against Manchester United. That goal where he looked like he was just taking the roof off Wembley never seen him celebrate like that. It just goes off to the fans and it was unreal what he did. But I'm going to go for that that Real Madrid one. That was, for me, that was somewhat special. And you're just hearing, it's rather Clive Tilsley or Peter Jury saying, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And just finished. And I've never seen my dad, who's not really interested in football, get as excited over a goal and so happy over a goal with the rest of his kids that are excited about football. And he was just like, this is insane. This is wonderful. And we yeah. will never see a player like Lionel Messi ever. And the fact that we are lucky enough to have seen so many memories from Lionel Messi. That one, apart from the one that gives me PTSD, the one in 2009, we scored that Lupin Hedder against Man United. I'm not mentioning those two, but they are obviously great moments. But yeah, I'm definitely going for that Messi one against Real Madrid um, in 2010. But yeah, there's so many more we can go through as well. There's so many more against Arsenal. I think 2011, 3-1, um, he does it as well. There's that time against... I remember that time against Man City? We won 4 0. Um, I think he may have nutmeg James Milner in that one as well, which is crazy to see. Um, that, the other one I'd got on mind, that, we could make, you could make a separate podcast entirely, couldn't you? But the other one I got on mind was you've just said it that the 2011 final when he, he rose at the back post, you've got Vidic and Ferdinand in there, and it was all that the was 2009, high, that one. 2009, all that Rome, all yeah, the yeah. High, you're of Messi, Ronaldo, and, and then with him, was it in? 15, 20 minutes. Uh, just nods one. 
Another one home. I forgot, I forgot, I forgot a good one. Carwin, you'll remember this one. Barcelona free, Liverpool nil, Lionel Messi free kick. Oh. Slow motion. The only reason I didn't pick that was because of the second leg. Still a good moment for Messi, though. It, Still an iconic it, performance by Messi. It's true, because that second leg is just very forgettable for Man United fans. <laughs> and Barcelona fans, of course, uh, which is the case as well. But uh, go to pick one or how are we how are we doing this? Are we going to pick one? I don't think we'll ever pick one. We'll be here for another hour if we have to decipher which which one was good. But I think honestly, I'm not. I'm not changing from my opinion. That's personally me. Dan, are you going to change? Are, are you going to think, or stick to your one? Yeah, I'm going to stick with my 2010 Arsenal one. Go on, Carvin. Sticking or twisting? I'm going to stick as well. I think it's just one that I had in my head straight away. Yeah. That's the thing as well. You're looking at it and you're just kind of there like, we can't decipher it as well, but we're going to have to do a, we've definitely just done a, like a top three Lionel Messi Champions League moments and they were it. Once again, an obvious one to be fair. We always do. There's <laughs> always going to be one. That's why I thought about the Barcelona one straight away against Liverpool. Oh, that was a big one as well. Yeah. Um, which is crazy. Whew. We've done Messi. Now we have to do Cristiano Ronaldo. So. Do we have to? We do have to. We will have to. It's the it's the way that we've finished off the podcast. You've got two Man United fans here. We have to go we have to go through it. Damn. Oh, this is a tricky one. Because I'm thinking more of his Real Madrid days than his Man United days personally. He's had a very good game for Man United against Roma in the seven one win. I think it's one of his first few Champions League goals that he scored as well. The first of many. Do you do you know that Carwin? He's he made his debut in two thousand three for Man United in the Champions League. And his first or second ever goal for Man United in the Champions League was in 2007. And is the oh, top scorer of the of the Champions League in history. That's unreal. Wow. Unreal, that is. Carwin, where are you going for your best ever Cristiano Ronaldo Champions League moment? Well, you mentioned United and you mentioned Real Madrid. Mm. But I'm going to go for his one of his Juventus performances. Let's I think hear it. This performance solidified him as... Mr. Inevitable. Mm. It's on against Atletico Madrid. 2-0 down after the first leg, I think he was, wasn't he? Yep. And he scored a hat-trick in the second leg. Last-minute penalty under unreal amounts of pressure. Two bullet headers. It was just... That, if you if I had to pick a game to define Ronaldo, I'd show them that game. It's like... Mm. That is who Ronaldo is, you know what I mean? Just... 2-0 down with this first leg and he just brings Juventus back into it and obviously they went through to the quarterfinals. Unreal game as well. When you're looking at it and you're looking at how well he did for Juventus and that obviously faltering Juventus side as well, looking for some hope and some glimmer. Atletico Madrid really thought they had done a job on him, but they didn't. He was literally, like you said, Mr. Inevitable uh, for Cristiano well, Ronaldo as well. He said something after the first leg, didn't he, in the interview? What did he say? Yeah, as he was walking uh, through the press box or the press area, he's like, I've got three Champions League, you guys have got zero. And then all the Atletico Madrid fans... couldn't find what he said, but I remember he said something. Yeah, it was unreal in that game as well. But I disagree. I'm not going to go for that one. I'm going to go for his Champions League final against Juventus in Cardiff. I love that final. That was a fantastic final. 4-1. I do remember watching that one clearly and vividly to this day as well in their purple um, jersey. Potentially another podcast topic for the greatest team we've ever seen in European football. People go for Barcelona, but that three-peat team of winning Champions League year after year after year was unreal. But yeah, literally 
it was a great run to the Champions League final as well. I remember going to Canada and I remember them beating Bayern Munich as well in extra time. So I missed the semi-final, but when I came back um, from holiday, I, was, I saw them in the final, which yeah. was great. But yeah, scoring after 20 minutes as well and then scoring in the second half at the same time, which was iconic for me to really kind of see how he actually became the big game player again and again and again, season after season. And that was, I think, his fourth Champions League, one with Man United, three at the time uh, with Real Madrid and then the other one coming afterwards, the season afterwards as well. That, for me, like you said, defined Ronaldo. This one defined Ronaldo for me as well, being the big game player, turning up in the biggest occasion, past one of the greatest ever goalkeepers we've ever seen and iconic defender as well, like we mentioned about uh, Chiellini as well. Had a fantastic attack. Mario Mandzukic scored an overhead kick, which was amazing in that game. So, yeah. <laughs> fantastic to really see and it was like Cardiff as well let's yeah. not forget that, that's, that's the main reason Ronaldo in Cardiff I, I love him in 2004 against Millwall and he did it again against Juventus in 2017 the longevity of the map unreal yeah. nicely done there Cristiano Ronaldo um, again I'm speaking objectively not as a Man United fan otherwise I'd still be forgetting that you're playing in Saudi Arabia at the moment but we won't talk about that go on Dan go on Dan this is your time to finish have you got the same memory as one of us or have you got a different one I got the uh, the Juventus one. That was... It. I had only got one Ronaldo one on my list, to be honest with you. Um, Which one was it? Which Juventus one was it? The two, the one you've just mentioned, 2017-18. Oh, okay. Uh, have I got the same one as you? The 3-0? Um, no, no, no. I've got the 4-1. Ah, the final. Got, got You've got the one. overhead kick one, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, is it, he scored, <laughs> scored a hat-trick as well, didn't he? Um that overhead kick in the blue shirt as well, yeah. 2017 18, against Buffon as well. Unreal, yeah. unreal. Buffon stood there and went, "Yeah, well, fair play." I'm not saying, I'm not saying that. <laughs> that was another time as well where the home fans applauded the away player. Juventus fans applauded Ronaldo in that, in that after that moment as well, which was unreal. That. Unreal how that happened as well. But once again, I don't think we're going to be changing our minds, are we? On, on this thing, no, I, I don't think you can. Um... I think trying to decide the best one out of Messi and Ronaldo, you're going to be here until the early hours. Exactly. And we're only recording this at three o'clock in the afternoon as well, yeah, which yeah, is exactly. crazy to see. So much debate to go on. We'll leave it to our followers and to our listeners to uh, decipher who has had the greatest moment in Champions League history, which will be good fun. Right then, everyone. I want to say thank you very much for your time. It's been great to speak to you both as well. It's been lovely to hear your thoughts on football and Champions League as well. Carwin and Dan, I do want to say thank you for giving us a new episode to plan um, over the next couple of days for our Champions League best ever. Should we do goalkeepers or defensive moments as well? Because we've eliminated a lot of defensive performances as well, haven't we? Oh, let's go defensive ones and put them both in, shall we? Goalkeepers and defenders. That's going to be good fun. Because okay. you mentioned Sergio Ramos as a as an as an honourable mention. Obviously, you mentioned Courtois as well. That's going to be good fun. And a lot more research for me than watching highlights on BT Sport. Um, which will be the case. But no, everyone, thank you very much for your time. It's lovely to see you, Carwin. Very uh, well done on your new job role as well. Look forward to speaking to you all soon. Well done, mate. Everyone, thank you very much for listening. Take care and goodbye.